welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Tara. Greetings, citizens. Hey, Tara, why do you do hey. this podcast? What? Why do you do this podcast? Uh, so that I can watch obscure science fiction movies that I've never heard of before. I was hoping you were going to say, because God told me to, but I mean, clearly oh. clearly that was too broad <laughs> a joke. Every time you set up a joke, I never get it. <laughs> so the movie we're talking about today is called God Told Me To. I thought it was so obvious what I was trying to get her to do there, and clearly it just crashed and burned. <laughs> why would I ask you that? Why would I ask you that? <laughs> Otherwise... I, I don't know I, maybe we should like consult before we start <laughs> Peter, we I should need, know by now Peter I need you to lay out every joke you're going to bring up and this is the thing I didn't think about that before I started I, it's literally as I was saying hello I thought hey I'll say this this will be funny this will be funny Tara will get this and it'll be it'll be hilarious be great yeah <laughs> finally finally it will be in sync nope so we are a science fiction movie nope. podcast every week we get together we talk about sci-fi movies and it just so happens though i don't know when these are going to go out uh these extra episodes we're recording right now because criterion are doing a sci-fi 70s month and we thought we we're going to try and record watch and record as many episodes based on these sci-fi 70s picks yeah because they're on a time limit like, yeah once we get to january 1st they're gone so i assume you mean february 1st no january 31st Oh, he said 31st. I thought he said 1st. No, January 31st, yeah. If it was January 1st, I'd be like, we've got a whole year then. Why, why are we rushing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Criteria, I've got a sci-fi 70s month, and I don't know what we're doing with these episodes yet. I don't know if they're here for a rainy day. Honestly, if we get enough of them, we might like do a fun theme month with some extra episodes where you get all these 70s sci-fi movies. Uh I mean, because we kind of want to do extras for April anyway. Maybe, maybe our anniversary month will just become seventies. I'll have a theme, <laughs> like sure. Because the one thing we want to do in April is Alien for Alien Day, and that is a seventy sci-fi movie. It would fit. Seventy-nine. Yeah, there you go. Just squeaks in there. Um, what was seventy-nine like, Tara? <laughs> I'll ask my father for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, see, I think an age joke's okay when I'm clearly exaggerating and you weren't actually born in that year. I don't think you feel bad about that. No, I was not around 79. Yes. Uh, nor was I, for the record. <laughs> just, just putting that out there. Uh, I realise that the hairline makes it harder to tell my age and you think, oh, he, he looks like he's in his 40s. I'm not, okay? Uh, but hey, so... We're here today to talk about God Told Me To. And this was this was kind of what started off us doing these extras, is that we didn't plan to do a recording of this, we didn't plan to do a review of this. Tara just happened to mention that she watched God Told Me To yesterday, and I mm -hmm. my eyes lit up because, I'll say it right now, I love God Told Me To. God Told Me To is a great... You have the Blu-ray, right? I, 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 where is it? Hold on. Because I said I watched this because it's on the Criterion app, and you said, I have the Blu-ray. I do. I have the Blue Underground Blu-ray release from about 10 years ago. Uh, Glories, I mean, I assume the Criterion uh, is the HD transfer as well, so it probably just looks just yeah, as good. Yeah, it looks great. But, uh, yes. And the reason why I'm pointing that out is because the first time I saw this, it was in a shitty standard definition 4x3 crappy looking thing. It looked like horrendous. So when I saw the Blu-ray for the first time, it was like, I can't believe they put the effort into this movie. <laughs> How much effort did this take? So this movie's directed by Larry Cohen, who's like a low-budget, sort of 70s, 80s kind of guy. He, he also did a movie called Cure the Winged Serpent that I liked, uh, which we'll do at some point. It's about a... It's like a... It's basically a, like a dragon thing that's flying around, but it's, it's New York City, and it's like killing people off the top of buildings. Uh, Is it like Reign of Fire? No, I've not seen Reign of Fire, admittedly, so I don't know. But <laughs> Are those sci-fi? Well, this one's more sci-fi because it's, I guess it's, I mean, it's, I guess it's arguably more, I mean, it's a monster movie, right? The monster just happens okay. to be slightly fantasy aligned, but you know what? It's, so we're doing dragon movies. <laughs> it's, as long as it's just a dragon movie and it's not a, a movie with like sorcerers and wizards and elves and shit. Okay. Are we going to do Dragonheart? I've not seen it. I don't know if that counts. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure Sean Connery you, plays a dragon. I'm sure you could talk me into it. 
<laughs> if only just because you want me to do Sean Connery lines. You're going to quote the whole thing. It's going to be great. <laughs> I am the last one. My, my favourite Sean Connery <laughs> quote is from Highlander, where he shows up and says, My name is Ramirez, and I'm a Spaniard. <laughs> In that voice. Uh, great. So yes, God Told Me To is a crazy movie that I saw uh, via like a, it was like an internet show. It wasn't Mystery Science Theater, but it had like, it didn't have like the commentary on that, but it had like people talking mm-hmm. in between parts of it. Like it came back to like a, you know, a stud- little studio and they talked about it every so often. Um, and I thought it was this amazing little weird movie. So obviously we're going to start spoiler free. Uh, how much we can talk in spoiler free is honestly not that much, but we're, we're starting spoiler free <laughs> and we'll give you a warning before we get to spoilers. Cause once we get to spoilers, we're going to have so much to talk about. Uh, so basically I'll just say how it starts. It starts with uh, basically there's a sniper on a roof in New York and uh he's picking people off and it's, it's kind of weird how this is like before you know mass shootings became like a like a thing we talk about like on a regular basis but uh that's essentially yeah. what it is uh it's someone perched up like a water tower atop of a building uh sniping people and you know this cop named peter uh the fact that the character this is named peter amuses me to no end Cause just because later on in the movie they, they have the sentences about peter that just sound so ridiculous hearing my name mentioned and like, <laughs> but um so basically this guy kills himself uh the, sh- the, the sniper but before he does so he says you know the cop asks him why did you, why are you doing this and he says god told me to and then he kills himself and that kind of sets up this mystery this is a series of events mm-hmm. of people doing bad things and the only thing they have in common is to say god told them to um so here's the thing i remember like watching the first scene of this and thinking oh this is a good little thriller this is quite tense you know i like how this mm-hmm. is shot these people being shot in the street um larry, uh, larry cohen is notorious and you can see it in this movie whenever there's like crowd shots in the street he was a bit of a, a guerrilla filmmaker where he would go out quickly get his scenes and a lot of people in the background like aren't extras they're walking around and occasionally if you're looking for it you can see people looking over and saying hey there's a camera over there <laughs> like you can if you're watching closely no so he was like having people shot in the street or like pretending to be shot in the, in the street yeah. without yeah without permits anyone was like oh my god someone just got shot i i think i mean the squibs don't look great but like yeah I, I think well probably well, first of all they did it probably without sound there would have been no gunshots so that would have you know okay you know, people wouldn't have felt as weird about it i don't think because well, also like <laughs> the acting for the most part is fine but all the scenes of people getting shot oh, yeah, are yeah. terrible <laughs> yeah they're, they're pretty rough that's just charm to it though but see when i'm watching this opening scene, like, oh this is a good thriller about uh, like the, these violent things happening the cops try to figure it out it's not that straight because obviously if it was just that it wouldn't be a sci-fi movie we wouldn't be talking about it on this show now admittedly it's only borderline sci-fi and it's only borderline horror in fact funnily enough me and tim once upon a time in the early days of screams after minute actually talked about this movie but all those old episodes from that first like year are terrible and we're going to redo them anyway so when tara said she watched this i'm like yeah this is equally sci-fi if anything it's more sci-fi than it is horror um (laughs) because there is a alien element i'll just say Uh, (laughs) there's an extraterrestrial element yes Yes. um and but what i'll say about this movie this is what i said when i was talking to you yesterday about it just briefly is that this movie has so many sharp left turns where the plot goes somewhere you never saw coming and what's great about it is that there's a lot of movies that are written poorly that'll do that where they'll add in these extra things but it'll just kind of like do it for a scene and go back to whatever it was or whatever this movie whenever it takes a left turn it commits 100 percent to the new direction every time yep it's like this is what this movie is now it never holds back (laughs) it just it goes for it and i respect that i respect that so much it's such a an exciting movie to watch because it's so it is bizarre the it's, definition of the word bizarre it's batshit insane and uh, i think it's actually quite well directed though. i think larry cohen's a pretty good director for this type of movie um i have some complaints okay <laughs> but i will say yeah it's uh it's never not like that's interesting is what i'm saying like, it, 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 he's never he's never like just shooting it in a boring way for the sake of like getting it done like he's always no and there's a lot of like, especially in the beginning, you notice that there's a lot of like really quick short scenes mm. that just kind of 
keep the momentum going but yeah. it's not like too short they're just like okay we're here now we're here now we're here now we're here like where's this going and you know the opening scene is pretty intriguing you know mm. so you are this invested is, right away this is the third time i've watched this and it does benefit from multiple viewers because it goes through so many ideas so quick that you, you're taking them in that it's like i'm giggling because of what we're going to talk about i know <laughs> so good uh so god told me to uh to, to wrap up the spoiler free section because that's that's based this is it this is the spoiler because we're going to work through it uh, we're going well, to talk the about plot it. section because you have to ask me if i liked it oh sure yes tara i feel like i know the answer to this at least i hope i know the answer to this i don't want to be disappointed <laughs> here uh this will mean a lot to me if you say the right thing tara how do you feel about god told me to it is wacko <laughs> and definitely worth a watch <laughs> oh i love it uh so god told me to uh we're gonna go to spoilers we're, i know we're doing it early because honestly there's almost nothing we can talk about <laughs> unless we go to spoilers all right let's take this scene by scene yes uh but before we start spoilers i'll take this moment to thank our patreon producers now admittedly these are typically for the month we're recording in but I, this might go a bit later so this, this, these might be slightly out of date but at least at the time of recording our patreon producers i will thank David Shaw, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess. That means they're patrons at the $20 tier are up. Uh, of course, you don't have to be that high a tier on Patreon. Tara, why don't you tell them about patreon.com slash TV? Sure, check out that page. If you like what we do and you want to support the channel and get more content coming, you can go to patreon.com slash TV and donate as little as $1 per month and you'll get bonus episodes of the Ace, including... The Transfer Saga, you get uh, Time Cop, Judge Dread, with a new one every month. Kitty Cat distractions. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, go check, go check it out. Might be something worth it, worth that, your one dollar. That was a roller coaster ride, because I was so proud of you for because I said that the address first. And I thought uh -huh. the last time I did this, she just said it anyway, and it sounded really weird. But you actually started off saying, "Yeah, go to that page, and you'll get this." But for some reason, you panicked after about three sentences and said, yeah, so go to patreon.com slash realfistv. I was anyway. just reiterating. It wasn't a panic. Okay, all right. I just thought, I'm going to say it again because I think the people like it when I say it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the people what they want. So it's a fan, you're a fan favorite, yeah. You're saying the Patreon's a, a, fav yes. a favorite of the crowd, yes. Uh, so, yes, let's start then. So, hey, we got to 7,000 subscribers after I joined. <laughs> well, and six. 6,000 was after you joined too. Oh, check it out. Yeah. Less than a year and already a thousand subscribers. Those are all my friends, by the way. <laughs> you don't have any friends. I know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. So the movie begins with these, the sniper attack and the, you know, shots of people getting shot in the street and then the cop climbs up the water tower and he's going up to talk to him he's like hey i'm not coming up to arrest you i'm just up to find out why mm -hmm. you're doing this and who you are i thought the acting from the, the shooter now admittedly it makes more sense later on when we realize that the different types of people that are being kind of like you know forced to do these he, things i thought it was a bit weird at first yeah at first he feels like he's so miscast and he's like he's really soft-spoken it doesn't like i don't know it's like really weird but it actually makes more sense once the plot gets going he's kind of like gleeful yeah yeah well that's the thing throughout the movie whenever anyone's like asked or talked to about like god telling them to do this they're, they're always really happy about doing it for them like it's not like mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're you know because later on we talked to a guy who murdered his wife and children and he's like really yeah. happy about it because god told him to do it and he fulfilled that request i mean let's be honest there are a couple of really standout actors in this movie but for the most part we're not dealing with like a-listers here oh sure <laughs> are you referring to the guy from werewolf as a standout my Yana Glachi is here. I love him. <laughs> uh, was that any surprise? Did you see his name earlier? Yes. No, I I just saw I saw his face like later on and went, mm. oh, I know that face. Yana Glachi. <laughs> this is like 16 years before Werewolf as well. Did he ever look young? Because he looks the same age. <laughs> uh, it's hard to Well, he's lit very strangely in this movie, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, but... they, they claimed he was 24, but bullshit. <laughs> He was not 24. He always, he kind of always looks like he's had plastic surgery, huh? He's got like that Gary Shandling effect. Yeah, I, I call bullshit. But anyway, so the guy kills himself and they try to investigate this and they're asking witnesses down the street, like, you know, what happened? 
especially after the next incident. So, so some of the events here, like I don't know the exact order of these because they they kind of all happen around very quickly at the same time. But they're questioning people early on, and they're asking for witnesses to both this crime and then the second one, uh, and basically they're saying we see the mother of the guy who did the crime a couple yeah. of times, and they're asking he's that you know they're asking it's, it's almost like a just a montage of all these interview pieces, and. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're describing like did you see anyone else with the, the you know the suspect and they're like oh yeah there was this guy here but i couldn't quite like i saw him he had long hair but for, for whatever reason i can't remember his face and then it cuts to someone else and like yeah i thought it was weird that he was wearing sandals and i'm like are they describing jesus are they describing they jesus barefoot like he was i don't trust a guy who it was the mother was it barefoot said, okay like, well, he was hanging out with a guy who was barefoot don't trust a guy who's barefoot in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Canada, and that'd be normal. And long, blonde hair. Yeah. They're describing Jesus. Like, I'm like, they're describing Jesus. It, yeah. It, it, a a Jesus-like figure. Yeah, but none of them can remember his face. It's like his face has, like, you know... If they couldn't get a good look or, like, something was interrupting with their with their vision at the it, time something, yeah, yeah. It, it felt more like a supernatural force was just stopping them from seeing his face or remembering but his face the way they describe it is more like a, not, like I don't know like maybe I just can't remember or yeah, it, it could be supernatural or it could, it could just be like I don't know a it, faulty memory if you're just interviewing one person but because you interview multiple yeah. people you know, like okay something there's a pattern yeah it's, it's, it's clear that they're not supposed to realize they've been duped like it's just when they yeah. try to think about it, like, oh yeah, they're really, yeah, like, I saw him, but well, for whatever reason, his face just is escaping me. Very odd. Yeah. So, so this is all very interesting, uh, of course, and it was also like he, 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 they find like they get a name for this guy, something Philip, uh, this potential Jesus Phillips, figure, yeah, yeah. And like Bernard Phillips, something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. So I think uh, maybe before that, we have the whole uh, St. Patrick's Day parade debacle. Um, yeah, with Andy Kaufman. With, with uh, yeah, you're right. Andy Kaufman's on it. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. My favorite line in this movie may actually be uh, just before this parade. Because, uh, so, so that's mysterious. Because we cut to this, guy, this random guy in a, 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 like a, a payphone mm-hmm. booth. And it's this businessman with a goatee, and he's like, he's on the phone talking to the police, and he's talking to our main guy Peter, and he's like, "Hey, there's going to be another attack, like the first two. It's going to be at the St. Patrick's Day parade, and it'll be a police officer, and I, can't, I don't know which one though." And it's like, "Wait, what? It, maybe he hasn't been chosen yet, or something?" Yeah. Well, no, I said this much that I just just from the idea that wait, so there's people out there, there's like this weird businessman who knows what Jesus is going to make people do, or what God's going to make people yeah. do. Like, it's like, wait, what? What's it doing? But my favorite line, maybe the movie, is when Peter tries to like get the the mayor or whoever to like to stop the parade. We can't do the parade. The mayor responds with, "The Irish have been waiting all year for for this day. We can't take it away from them." <laughs> yeah, that was like a bizarre thing. Is it? I guess it was like St. Patrick's Day. I, I, it was I, also a police like marching day. It has to, it has to be St. Patrick's Day. That's the only. I mean, even even in that circumstance, it doesn't make that much sense. Like, would would, would the Irish like descendants really be that upset if they had to cancel the parade due to a, a hefty safety Irish reason? Irish have been waiting all year for this. Never mind Christmas or yeah. This is their one day. This is just for them. Is it? Was a, <laughs> yeah, it's a bizarre statement. Not to mention like. Americans' definition of what Irish and Scottish are when, like, the like it was generations ago, are absurd to me. You're not Irish anymore. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're American. You're They're done. only Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And they get to wear the t-shirts and say, "Kiss me, I'm Irish." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That was pretty funny. I laughed when I heard the line too. <laughs> yeah, it just it cracked me up. So of course it happens at the, the, the parade. Uh, there is the interview where he goes to talk to the, the guy who's a cop, I think, who actually shot his wife and kids. And he describes that he just had this feeling that he should do it. He just had this notion that he should take the gun off the, the mantle or whatever and, and go to town. And he yeah, talks... He, he describes it in a way that's very, like, um, 
like, yeah, whatever. I, I went downstairs and I, I made my coffee and I decided to that, yeah, I, I should probably kill my wife. Um, I did it. And then like I killed my son and and then my my daughter, she went into the bathroom because, you know, that's the only house or the only room with a lock on it. And I told her, no, it's okay. We're all just playing a game. Like, you should come out and trick, I'll yeah. teach you how to play. And she was laughing and she came out. And I was laughing, too, when I shot her. Yeah, that, that Jesus, was that super was, dark. Yeah, that was a really well-written dark speech. That was like, that ending yeah. was perfect. Uh, and he's smiling the entire time as he says this. Like, he's he's really gleeful and, like, he's... Yeah. He's the best he's ever felt. Uh, it's... But it's because he also has the line of, like, he does so much for us and asks for so little. I'm just so happy I could do something for him to please him. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's the, the Jesus stuff again. Yeah, and I, I don't know exactly when it happens. Maybe someone's going to even bring it up now. The, the businessman we saw before, we see him at, like, a table full of businessmen who all, who have all been, like, working for this uh, Jesus figure. And it's almost uh, like this it is, happens later. Yeah, yeah. But it's almost like this is the modern version of disciples. Like it's the twelve, like, you know, one percenters sitting around a business table. Uh, but this is so weird. Yeah. And they're like, one of us has betrayed him or something. And I'm like, oh, the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so good. Uh so so you know, and there's like a scene where Peter goes to church and we find out that he is quite religious and he's looking up at like all the, mm-hmm. the various things. Um, so I, I guess what we didn't necessarily see coming is that he's going to end up being special as well. Like at the start of the movie, there's like no indication. I don't think really uh, outside of um, like there's like one small bit of luck or something like that. But other than that, it's like there's no indication that he's going to be also like a chosen one. Um, but the movie really goes there. No, I mean his character has been. Yeah, you're right. This is definitely like a left turn when it happens. But I think the movie has been saying that he's he's even though he's around a lot of like atheists, like mm-hmm. atheism is on the rise in New York City. But um, he's always been very devout and very religious. And I think he's interpreting his like, no, I know it's real as his special connection that he has. Mm. Um, I think he just interprets it as a religious experience. That's how I kind of saw it, like yeah. later on. So he, they find the mother of this uh, godlike character, and she tries to stab him and falls down the stairs and dies. And when they go to investigate, they, they, he ends up interviewing a guy who like ran into her because uh, they find out that it was a virgin birth. And I'm like, oh, they're really. Good. This is the point. The first time I watched it, I'm like, they're really going for it. They're not holding yeah. anything back. <laughs> they're really doing it. There's no implication yet that this is a science fiction movie. Yeah. No, 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 no. But even even at this point, I'm like, they're really going, going all in in the religious stuff. Like they're really doing yeah. it, right? And he interviews this this guy who talk, talks to him about how he found her like naked. And we get a flashback. We get this flashback where she's running down the road. The, the younger version of her is naked. And this flashback is so corny. I know. And he, she goes in the car and he like puts a jacket around her and she's like saying, oh, hey, like, you know, they took, they took me, they, they beamed me up and they did the, and I'm like, wait a minute, there's aliens in this now? What? <laughs> yeah. And she's like full bush naked. Yeah. When she shows up. And it's something so dumb about the the dialogue in between the the guy the young guy who's driving the car and her and like like at first he gets he's like you know it wasn't like a sexual way the way she approached it was like she was you know had been through hell like she needed my help yeah when she first starts like he he immediately just is like oh i'm going to the police station right now so he doesn't he doesn't do anything or say anything he does say that when he's talking in present day uh you know 1980 or sorry 76 that's what 76 all right fair enough uh but when he's talking in present day uh 76 he does say that he was worried that she may accuse him of something in fact i think in the flashback as well he even says yeah oh don't you dare accuse me of anything i just picked you up like i didn't do anything um he gets very it's, defensive. It's, but, yeah, but he goes all, like, pervy. Yeah, he like, puts his arm oh, yeah. around her. There's yeah. aliens. They're like, do they have, like, like, do they look like us? Do they have, like, like, you know, he's talking about penis. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> the penises. yeah, do they have, you know, do they do have. They do, do they, like, do they, like, probe you or touch you? Like, <laughs> why are you getting all pervy? <laughs> yeah, and she she runs out of the car, uh, 
and it you know gets picked up afterwards but like yeah we get this insane flashback that hints at those aliens and i love the style of it because the flashback is done in like a black and white movie mm. which is so strange because we get another flashback later but it's not in black and white yeah another flashback <laughs> and it's, it actually takes place before this flashback does yeah the other flashback later goes uh, further although t- i think to be fair it wasn't black and white it was sepia just to sepia town you're yeah. right but um <laughs> it reminds I, I was very i shouldn't have been shocked that we got like full bush in this you know how like <laughs> 70s 70s movies just have like this feel to them mm-hmm. and i think it's because you know the Hayes Code was was such an unfortunate thing. If people who don't know, like the Hayes Code is where Hollywood was like banned from showing anything obscene. Uh, that's why you don't ever see like people in westerns who get shot. They always like clutch their chest instead of seeing like blood or anything. Or war movies didn't ever show anything like that. Or couples always had to sleep in separate beds even though they were married. It's kind of weird. But that that was just part of like the Hayes Code. They were just worried about um, showing anything that could be potentially obscene. But it, it, Hollywood must have just been this like coiled spring, <laughs> just like really pent up for from like the 30s. I think the Hayes Code was from the 30s, sometime in the 30s to like 68. That when the 70s came around, it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, they go all in. like this with full bush. Because it's worth mentioning, this is the first of two full bush in this movie. And Mm -hmm. technically three if you want to count something else. No bush, admittedly, technically, but uh, definitely graphic. There's definitely a graphic. Um, So, yeah, so this says about the investigation and he's, he's looking around and he ends up um again the sequence of events there's so much I, I actually almost wish i actually took extensive notes for this one just so we could go through it definitely in order but um he he gets picked up by like a driver say hey my boss wants to see you uh, and at this point in the movie he's at he's already at the point where he kind of believes all this is real and he believes as a jesus type figure and that he's causing all this and making people do things um, yeah yeah and he goes to um meet one of the, the one of the disciples not not the main one we know but just one of the, the head of the table basically uh and he's there to tell him like hey you know he he he's kind of scared of you doesn't want you around you know there's something special mm-hmm. about you and uh basically the guy like dies in front of me has like a heart attack uh basically the will of jesus or god or whatever this phillips dude is uh kills him and apparently mm-hmm. the, and peter suspects that the point of this meeting is that this godlike character wanted to show him his power and say, "Hey, I can kill someone right in front of you." This is like right. how how you know strong I am. He's not even around; he could just do it. He just will it, and, like, no matter where he is. And over the course of the movie, like, we meet him. He's got like a girlfriend. Uh, he's got a, a he's a, going through a divorce. Yeah, he's got a wife, but they're, they're separated. Like he, he basically is with his girlfriend, and like she's like waiting for him to get the divorce. But when we see him with his wife slash kind of ex wife uh mm-hmm. ex and spirit if that makes sense uh she, she uh she's like hey like no i want the divorce you're the one that's holding this back because of your religious beliefs um so we don't get a lot of the the, the girlfriend and the wife but um mm-hmm. it does get brought up eventually though when she gets worried that he's been missing for a while and she goes to see the wife and they meet each other uh that the wife was pregnant three times and every time the baby was stillborn and she believed that he willed that to happen mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, through the sheer force of will he didn't want a baby um and between that and he, he starts to research because he suspects that he is something special as well because of this encounter with a guy he goes to like, the records of the orphanage that he grew up in because he doesn't know his parents uh, and he finds the record of which by the way the nun at the orphanage basically just said yeah i mean the guy would be a full-grown man now i'll just show you it's against the rules but whatever <laughs> there's a lot of strange like characters like that where they're just like yeah whatever yeah who cares <laughs> you seem like a stand-up dude i mean i guess he is like a cop so maybe he's flashing the badge saying i'm yeah. doing a little detective work here yeah a little, little detecting just a, just a little bit uh but he so he, he traces his mother uh to an old folks home she's kind of you know she's old she's in this house and does nurses and stuff and we get another 
bizarre character, the the lady who's like the caretaker who has like the worst bedside manner. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, like, you know how these people are; they just leave shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, she's like, uh, don't, don't judge us for They're the state die of them. Soon, so whatever, yeah, take your time. Oh, actually, <laughs> the, the, the the final joke she says to him actually at the end of that little bit, she says, "You know what they say? There's only one cure for old age." <laughs> <laughs> so strange so he meets he meets his 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 birth mother and starts and doesn't say who he is he just says he's a detective or whatever and starts asking questions about Mm -hmm. when she was you know abducted uh, or whatever about that night after the world's fair yeah yeah or the night of the world's fair or something like that and she tells a story about being abducted but what's crazy about this flashback is we don't get a flashback of her walking on the beach when she says she was doing that. We just get the flashback of when the actual abduction happens and we actually see a spaceship. We see a spaceship mm-hmm. in the sky and we see her kind of like floating in front and being like pulled up to it. And she's got clothes on at this point, but eventually she's got the clothes off and she's kind of floating naked. Uh, yeah. And With just a- these like superimposed flashes of vagina. Well, that's the thing. She's, she's sort of like floating in this sort of dark space with a, like a light. Uh, presumably on the ship but like you say there's like one or two just quick shots it's maybe subliminal of just like a close-up of what looks like a vagina it's, 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 it's like it's like is that a vagina that look like a vagina yeah it's like, one of those <laughs> looks familiar it, it, it makes sense that it's maybe a little off because it is fake because later on when we see it where, where it's from it is like a fake prosthetic thing so it makes sense that your mind's going I don't know I mean it looked like it was maybe a vagina but like I mean, what else could it be yeah, yeah I mean at the very least there's some it's sort vagina of vagina adjacent <laughs> there's some sort of fleshy o- fleshy opening that I-, I thought it was implying she was getting into a vagina, like because she's like floating and like she was like sort of like being pulled across. I was like, is she entering this thing? Is that what it is? Yeah, she was talking about like feelings of euphoria, like she wasn't there to be harmed, but she was still nervous and uh, some uh, something like that. And I think it's not until like she leaves the ship or that she's no longer on the ship that she like feels like violated and Mm. like something's happened to her. But I think she's describing the experience on the ship as not being so bad. Which makes sense given how all the people who have been doing the crimes uh, have said that they feel good about it. None of them feel like traumatized by it. They all feel like they're doing the right thing for a good reason. Yeah. Um, so that, that that lines up, I guess. He's got that power to... So this is the thing. So so there's two big left turns in this movie. One is that he might also be a super-powered Jesus, and the other is that, hey, they come from aliens. <laughs> like, like... Because... Who were Jesus and Moses, really? Yeah, because even before we get to this point, there's, there's, like a, like a, there's like an expert at the newspaper that he's talking to. He's like, hey, you wrote all these articles about how Jesus and like all, all 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 that were actually uh alien astron like astronauts was the word he used mm-hmm. They're alien astronauts um like and i was like and it, obviously once you get to this but oh that was setting up this idea that that's all they are they're just aliens who came here and you know the the one that was here we ended up writing a bible about and there's all this myth about it and and so on right i think it's a pretty popular show and i want to say it's on the history channel it's called like ancient aliens or something where they do have a bunch of bogus theories like well, that Han, yes it's called ancient aliens and if anyone doesn't know what this says or has never seen it i guarantee you know one person from it you'll know the image or gif of this and it, the audio people just have to like i must i do say something here but basically you want this just imagine i've got big poofy here that's sort of like sticking out aliens <laughs> right right yeah. so that guy yeah. actually my second the second gift of him which i actually love a lot is is just him he's doing this eyebrow thing where he says is such a thing even possible yes it is <laughs> just, 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 like, what were you basing this on i've, I've never watched the show because no. I see the title and I think, all right, skip. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have, I have heard of it and it's quite popular. I think of, yeah, like maybe the things that we, maybe there were humans that were superhuman, but they weren't really humans. Uh, People mm -hmm. from history could have been influenced by an extraterrestrial or maybe 
were extraterrestrial or something like that. I don't know. So I, I guess that's what the... I, I, I wonder how, like the Catholics feel about this movie. <laughs> I thought like, this movie is like not anti-religion at all. No. In fact, it's, it's kind of making a case for it. It's not anti-religion, but it very definitively slots it into a, a specific, like, like this is what it is. Like, it's aliens. Aliens came here and they, 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 they created Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus wants yeah. to mass murder people. That's why he could walk on water because he's actually an alien. And... <laughs> But and apparently he can pass his seed along. Uh no, no. Oh, obviously one of the things that comes up though is that like okay, if one of them is Jesus, is the other one the Antichrist? Like rather than you know they're both a mm. Jesus type type thing. Um, and there's kind of speculation you could have as to which ones. But obviously the one we meet, like you know, it's not Peter, looks more like Jesus because he's got the glow and the the white and. You can't see his face clearly for the first while because they're, they're intentionally overexposing it, so it's kind of a blur. Um, you know, like, they do all that stuff. Uh, it's all worth mentioning as well, the goatee businessman who phoned in the call tries to kill Peter by pushing him onto the subway. Uh, and basically afterwards, he's like, I tried to make up for betraying him. He forgave me, and I tried to kill you, and I couldn't. Uh, so... Yeah, he's, he's failed him twice now. So mm -hmm. that's how Peter gets to meet the Jesus character is that he yeah. takes him, he tells him to take him there. And when he goes back up in the elevator to leave Peter down there, you just hear him scream because that's Sticks it. Sticks his head up. Yeah, he's he's dead. Or to say it in a Scottish way, he's deed. He's deed. He's dead, Gibson. <laughs> he's pan breed, uh, which is pan bread. Uh, but if you say breed, is another word for dead or. Yeah, if you say someone's pan breed, you mean, it means they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I'd educate everyone with a little bit of Scottish slang. Uh, it sounds Scottish, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he meets Jesus figure, and he's like, "Oh, we were actually brothers, you and I. You were the you were like the failure, as uh, which is why they they created me because you because your humanity took over and you didn't even realize that you were special and blah 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 blah." Uh, and he he runs out. He's kind of scared by this. Um, of course, but not before he, he's sort of being pushed into like willed into the fire that's burning. Yeah, and I think that scares him. And he yeah, faces back. He leaves. Uh, is it this scene or the ending where we see it? I the, think it oh, it's the end. Is it the ending? It's okay. the big payoff. Okay, it's the, it's the money shot. Uh, so he runs off, and there's a sequence of him because he runs in. This is when the, the meeting with the the wife and the girlfriend are, and he runs in, and he does. First of all, it's a really awkward moment where he kisses his wife in front of his girlfriend, and I'm like, like the other way around, this would make at least some sense because this is you know because she's the one you left for the the girlfriend, but like the girlfriend's watching you make out with your wife. It's kind of weird, uh, but he's basically. I'm so glad you two are with each other, guide each other, and he leaves. Is <laughs> basically the scene. Uh, yeah. So there's a scene in the middle of the movie that we have to mention because there's a scene where there's a corrupt cop who mm -hmm. works with the gangs in Harlem and uh, he's like, he didn't like stop them from being arrested enough. So the guy like just violently stabs him and tries to like frame it on these God killings and like writes God in blood, which Peter, when he sees the crime scene, immediately says, that's not the same thing. This is so someone else is a copycat because the, yeah. the killer never ran away, which is actually solid logic. He's right. All the other killers all just stayed around and didn't care that they were arrested. No, uh, no, they were happy to do it. They wanted to be seen, but it, or like kill themselves. But it leads to this insane sequence where he goes to this bar where this this gangster dude hangs out with all of his cronies, and yeah. it's like like you know it's seventies kind of black exploitation kind of mood. Like when when we go into this scene, it's very much that type of these type of characters and stuff, uh, and. Peter comes in, and we. I, I had to describe this. Basically, uh, they're like only one cop to come and arrest us. Hey, that was a foolish move because we're just going to kill you. And this guy who stabbed the cop earlier pulls out his knife and tries to stab him in the face multiple times. But all he does is his hand keeps going past his head over his shoulder, and no matter how many times he tries, he just can't hit him. Uh, and he goes, Ugh. He's right in front of him. Yeah, he's yeah. like, Ugh. 
and he just can't do it and then he looks shocked and my favorite part of this it's shot in a way that's a bit it's a bit comical yeah my favorite part of this though and it, it, there was a hint of this earlier when he was talking to the nun at the orphanage place but it was really subtle and he was only there if you, you could only really see if you were looking for it but it's like here uh-huh. at extreme is after he tries to get stabbed and it doesn't work the shot of peter it's like all it's went dark but this one beam of light across his eyes Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's to make him look kind of like sinister, a bit godly, uh, and he, and he basically. Or I thought it was just kind of like a like a commanding thing, like oh sure, yeah, he's yeah. using his telekinesis to. Well, that's what he does. What he, to do. he, yeah. he wills people in the bar to start killing each other, and they do, uh, and then he makes the main guy kill himself, and it's like I have power. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this movie's so good. All the death this movie are so like Funny. over yeah overacted <laughs> there's so, a lot of uh like spinning around for a while uh, or like just unnatural movements <laughs> there is there's a lot of that worth watching uh so yeah so he goes to he goes back to you know main jesus and he's like hey we could combine forces we could we could like merge and mate and create the perfect offspring and he left yeah, some... I don't know if we talked about it, but the doctor of the of the virgin birth, the first one for this Phillips character, oh, said sure, that yeah, when, yeah, the, yeah. when the baby was born, they didn't know if it was a male or a female. So, and you would think this would be like a big thing in medical science, but the doctor's just like, whatever, we're just going to call him a male. Yeah, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll just you know, I'll, I'll go with my gut. Uh, yeah, really <laughs> yeah. weird. Go about your day. Um indeterminate gender so he lifts up his his cloak when he's saying this we, we can mate and uh create the perfect offspring to reveal on his stomach not his crotch on his stomach where the in the ribs where the jesus was stabbed yes <laughs> it's a very good point yes where jesus was stabbed there is mm. a vagina <laughs> yep, and it is ready. <laughs> it's pulsating. It's pulsating. Seriously, you know like? it reminds me of the effect that you get on like uh like in an alien movie, like you know when it's showing you that the egg's about to open and it's like getting mm-hmm. ready to like it looks like it's pulsating and ready to it Yep. It wants that antichrist cock. There's some discharge. <laughs> <laughs> this is a space stomach vagina that is what we're talking about right now oh my god this has to be where tommy wiseau like learned about female anatomy right <laughs> it, that makes sense yeah because in the sex scene he's, he's, he's humping her stomach <laughs> I, either that or he's got a belly button fetish and if so i i, I feel sorry for the woman's belly button <laughs> but <laughs> like Oh, my stomach vagina. <laughs> I want you to take me to space and, and make me better. <laughs> I want to create a c- cosmic hey, I know entity. What to do. I saw a movie. <laughs> I want to make perfect offspring. I want to call it Denny after you, Denny. <laughs> <laughs> what if Tommy Wiseau is the offspring? What? He's got the long hair. He's probably the right age. All that money he has that no one can explain, you know? The fact that he just paid, like, $6 million to make a movie and no one knows where his money came from. Like, it's all there. He is Christ-like. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Hell, he even made a movie about him sacrificing himself and dying mm-hmm. because of others. It's a sacrificial Everyone figure. Everyone betray me. I'm down with this world. <laughs> Oh, it's too funny. Oh uh, And hell, it's even implied that I think about it. There's that ridiculous line in the room where the, the you know Lisa and her mother are having the conversation, and her mother says, "Well, I got the test results back. I definitely have breast cancer." And Lisa responds with, "Oh, I'm sure you'll be fine." And she goes, "Yeah, you're probably right. Right? Maybe that scene was implying that that Tommy Wiseau has healing powers because of oh. because of his space vagina birth." Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, he doesn't really ever feel pain, so... Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how that explains why he laughs at the story that Mark tells him about the uh, the girl who cheated on her boyfriend and got put in the hospital. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> What's what a funny story, Mark? 
<laughs> oh dear. What a story. <laughs> Do you know, the Disaster Artist wasn't a great movie because it was just kind of like living off the room, but I, the one thing I liked about it was just it showing that the people on set when the movie was being made were asking those questions like, why is he laughing? Why, why, why is he... Why is he doing this? <laughs> you have to imagine people were just like, this is bad, right? Yeah, but we're being paid, so, I mean, you know. Yeah. Hard to make a living. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, The Room is the um, the sequel to this, which is actually, yeah, makes sense. No, no, no. Tommy Wiseau, the real person, is the sequel to this. The Room was made <laughs> by the offspring of the sequel of, of the, this movie. <laughs> It's canon. Yes, he's so godlike that he came into the real world. This is required watch for the room. <laughs> it is. Yes, I, I, I have. We have decreed it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this movie's really bizarre. <laughs> so Peter's the father, Tommy Wiseau's the son, and Phillips with the space vagina is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Naglachi. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this actor with a space project. He just... sacrificed himself for uh, for Lisa's sins. Mhm, mhm, exactly. Yeah, Lisa, you you are you are a whore who cheated on me. I will kill myself to make up for your sins, so you can go oh, to heaven. Oh, Lisa, so beautiful, a humpy dress, and kill myself. <laughs> oh dear. No, he never actually. I don't think he ever actually calls her a whore in the movie. The reason why I'm saying that is because. That movie, if you actually pay attention to the plot, is so goddamn sexist and makes her the villain for everything. Even at the ending, Mark, who was the other person cheat in, in the cheating relationship, pushes her away and says, this is all your fault! <laughs> Women. I'm sure Tommy was always just hurt once before. Anyway, so Space Vagina, uh, he does not accept this gracious offer of humping the Space Vagina. Uh, he does seem tempted, though. There's a moment yeah. where he looks at it like, vagina, and it's free. <laughs> <laughs> and it's free? <laughs> no, oh, wait, uh, it's attached to someone I might be related to. <laughs> <laughs> technically, yes. Technically, that's maybe your half-brother uh, or sister <laughs> or... <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we don't know. It's a weird alien Jesus person. Doesn't have a gender. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus, I, I always said Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, this movie is bonkers. Oh dear, but it commits to everything it does. It really, like, it really does. Like, you, you're right. Like, so many movies would be like, it just goes everywhere. The plot will just go mm. everywhere and kind of bounce back and forth from things and forget about it. Not this one. This one introduces something new and then says, "This is where the, what that movie is now." Yep and just keeps going so i think for that reason like it's still really engaging and even though it's it takes you for a ride it's like it like you want to know like yeah. there is a mystery there and it, it every time it introduces something new you're just like well this is not what i expected but let's see where this goes and it's worth mentioning that it's not just because of the some of the parts that make it crazy like I, I genuinely think a lot of the scenes on their own are very entertaining as well so it's not like mm -hmm. it's not like you're suffering through bad scenes to get to the next bit of the weird mystery like, like it's, it's actually fun to watch this it's entertaining and engaging scene to scene as well i do think like you mentioned that he's a pretty good director mm -hmm. but the scene right after the, the the vagina scene where the building is coming down yeah like there are some questionable choices where uh I, the camera like sometimes is shaking mm -hmm. and so is the actor like trying to get through things but sometimes the camera is perfectly still and it's just the actor who's just doing a little jig <laughs> and boogie like down the stairs <laughs> i wonder if that was more noticeable <laughs> I wonder if that was just a camera operator and like there was nothing they could do about it because by the time he saw the footage it was like wait a minute he wasn't shaking the camera damn it yeah and it looks ridiculous it looks like like uh like the old Star Trek's if what it would look like if the camera was totally still yeah <laughs> and yeah. they were all like shaking well, around because you, you, you've seen the, the uh like the gif of uh, someone stabilized a shot of that right yeah to, to show what it looks like. yeah to show them all just pretending it well, it's perfectly still um, and there's one where the camera was still for like the first half of the shot and then it's like oh yeah we're supposed to be shaking. <laughs> yeah that feels like a weird flub as a point because i think creatively as a good director i feel like there's a good energy to the movie 
and it it's a bit in your face with it. it's like you know this bit's shocking now but like it has a style it feels like it has a personality like it doesn't yeah. so I, I think it works so the final I agree uh, after... I mean we talked about uh, Altered States pretty early which is another one of those mm. 70s like bizarre films but Altered States like even though it also kind of commits it gets like really I don't know it like that movie goes to a place where it's just like okay now it's ridiculous and I'm not really enjoying it as much mm. anymore and it kind of muddies up the message and the plot um where this one like I'm still really engaged and even the goofy parts don't really take me out <laughs> it's it's the perfect blend. So maybe it is like just a good director. Yeah, I, no, I honestly I think it is. I think the director just commits to everything it's doing, and mm-hmm. doesn't hold back. And maybe yeah, it can't be seen as a super serious movie because of that. But it's not just a. It's, it's not like I, I think there's a lot of movies where you sort of enjoy because they're bad, right? They're so good because they're bad, or they're so bad they're good, right? That that, that phrase. Yeah, I don't think this falls into that. Like, I, like sure like the weird elements you could you could refer to them as bad but I, I, it doesn't feel like the director is like stumbling into entertaining here it feels like no the entertaining parts are entertaining and they're supposed to be entertaining now mm-hmm. maybe he was taking some of this more seriously than we are and not seeing it as, as creative but i have to imagine he was like i mean larry cohen may have just been on lsd at the time i don't, I don't know it's entirely possible the alien scenes <clears throat> maybe but like I don't know, like, it doesn't, it's, it's, this isn't like, um, you know, Invisible Maniac, which we both really enjoy, or, or mm-hmm. you know, some even like Transfers 2, like, it's not like, uh, and, it, and those are both very different from each other as well, but it's not like either of those, it's, it's kind of its own brand of, like, intentional weird stuff, and just kind of embracing the absurdity of it, and just going for it, because we can... Mm-hmm. I, you almost get the feeling like someone bet him to do like, hey, I bet you can do a movie where you reveal that God and Jesus were actually aliens and there's like second comings like walking around. He's like, well, I'll take that bet and I'm going to go do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know. I, I've not actually, I don't know if there's many extras on this. Maybe there is, son. Uh, oh, there's some, there's a commentary track uh, from Larry Cohen. Uh, interview oh, with really? some of the actors. Is he dead now? Uh, he, he died like recently? He died like last year, the year before, yeah. Because, uh, I think me and Tim might have uh, done a movie by him specifically because he passed away. Uh, or mm. at least we mentioned it in the news, I'm sure. I'm sure we talked about Larry David. Or Larry, Larry David, sorry. Larry Cohen. Uh, Someone's uh, been catching up on Curb. So the final... So he, he burns the place down, uh, effectively killing... Uh, and he's he's going to go... He's going to shoot him. He's going yes. to shoot the Jesus guy. But instead drops his gun. And then the building collapses and stuff. So he's got you know he's well done yeah yeah uh so he gets caught so the last scene of the movie is him being like carted into you know the courthouse or whatever and he's handcuffed and the press came up and you know what you know what the final line of the movie is going to be you know what it's going to do but you're just sort of sitting there smiling because oh god (laughs) see it see it and especially hey so uh why 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 did you carry out these acts of uh, why did you murder this person this mr phillips why did you murder him and he just kind of smiles goes god told me to and then looks at the camera. Yeah, he looks at the camera right at the very end. Which I think is kind of implying that he might actually essentially be the new Antichrist, if, if that's even a thing in this show's, this movie's mythology, given that they're from aliens and, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but, I mean, Satan was a fallen angel, if I if I know a little bit of theology. Uh, I think so. I mean, he is in Paradise Lost, so I assume... I assume so. so i i get confused because i've never I, I read like the the old testament but in in like school and stuff but not yeah, no then I, I also read um paradise lost at the same time in a literature class mm. and i i often get the stories mixed up on which one came from where yeah i have never read the word of the bible um and it shall stay that way thank you very much <laughs> not my Thou idea shalt not steal thy neighbor's sandwich pretty close i think yes that sounds about right but yeah god told me to is freaking amazing that's <laughs> <laughs> how i'd put it uh, it's i yeah i wasn't planning on watching it i just kind of said let me check this out and went whoa i did not expect that ride <laughs> it's, it's a ride it's a roller coaster ride of of emotions of concepts mm-hmm. of so many things 
plot. <laughs> plot, <laughs> yes. There's enough plot in here for like four movies. Uh, but unlike other movies, it doesn't feel the need to be cut down. If that makes sense. Like that's part of its charm it's in this case. Tight. It's like 90 minutes. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like, like you know, we all complained about the new Star Wars movie for having far too much plot that it should have been spread out because it feels just rushed. This... It definitely was two movies in one. Yeah. Whereas this movie, I never find myself going, oh, they should have split this up and done like three movies so it all landed properly. No, no, no. I like how crazy or fast like this a, is. a miniseries. Sure. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Tommy Wiseau is going to remake this as a miniseries in a few years. Just you watch. Sure. His favorite film. He learned a lot we're going to do it. God tell me to. It's, it's my favorite film. Uh, it's it's an inspiration to me. Yes. <laughs> that uh, that woman who played um, the the mother of like his, his mother of Peter's mother. Uh, she's an actress that is well known. Oh really? Yeah, Sylvia something. She's in like Beetlejuice and Mars Attacks. I actually watched her, funny enough, just like less than a week ago in a movie from the 30s she did with Humphrey Bogart called Dead End. Mm. But she was like the really young woman in that. Like the young female lead in it. Um, but I thought her acting in the movie was like phenomenal too. <laughs> like she really got emotional and like all of her lines, even though they were kind of bizarre, like nailed them. Yeah, I can't believe Richard Lynn showed up in a movie. Because this is the thing. This is the first time I've seen it since I, I saw see. since I saw Werewolf. So when I saw his face, even though you told me it was in it, I kind of forgot you said that to me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's this dude from Werewolf." <laughs> even though I'd, I'd recognized we, him in that. He showed up in another film that we've done. Did he? What other film? Yeah, it might have been a bonus movie. He seems very bonus movie it, material. Yeah. I know he's in Rob Zombie's Halloween, which is why I think I, I felt a, 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 a just a, a, t- a ting of hate when he when he appeared. <laughs> For the first time in Werewolf, um, I don't know. Werewolf. He's, he's got a lot of credits. It's going to take ages for me to look through all these. He's got yeah, like two hundred seven films, right? This is too much. Far too much. It's the type of he's in Cyborg Three: The Creation. I don't even know that was a Cyborg Three. I mean, I don't know. we'll we'll do Cyborg movies. Uh, the Jean Claude Van Damme is the first one. Uh, I don't know if the sequels are any good. I guess they feel like uh, they should be bonus episodes oh, is it, is it? No, we, I know we watched him in something oh, he's got 164 movies he's in two episodes of next gen so he's in your Star Trek he's definitely got a Star Trek face he's got an alien face typecast yeah oh Puppet Master 3 I've seen Puppet Master 3 hey and Alligator right. Alligator 2 oh he's in Transfers 2 of course oh yeah Transfers 2 that's where we saw him <laughs> okay and this is all post Space Vagina Space Vagina was like so early in his career comp- comparatively yeah it, it really was like he started doing movies in like yeah, the end of the 60s yeah end of the 60s so this is like early 70s this is less than a decade into his career and he's doing Space Vagina yep God told me to Bernard Phillips <laughs> I wonder if he knew what he was doing. Like, was he going to give him the role? Like, like he said, you're going to play as Captain Bernard Phillips. Did, did, did he know, A, that he was going to be like Jesus, and B, that he was going to have a vagina, like, sort of like a fake vagina? I'm like- sure he was just super excited to be an actor. I mean, look at the movies he's done. <laughs> yeah, he's in a lot of classic TV, actually. He's in, like, Starsky and Hutch episodes, Battlestar Galactica, Charlie's Angels. Barnaby Jones. Yeah, he's in a yeah. bunch of stuff. It's just one of those, one of those faces. One of those yeah, faces. Yeah, what a face. <laughs> yeah. It, it, TJ Hooker. I can't see. I've seen. I've never seen. I've never seen. I've not seen, I've not seen a lot of these. To be fair. Well, it's Shatner. Shatner's post Star Trek TV oh, show. That's why you know well. Mm. Yeah, I'll definitely be seeing him in Puppet Master again because me and Tim will be doing that franchise once we've cleared up a few others that have been taking a long time to get through. Werewolf. <laughs> He's in a, a werewolf TV show. See, when I was um trying to like, because obviously I log my movies that I watch uh, on Letterbox, but also in 
like my own personal stuff because uh, I'm in there and I've been doing that since 2007. Um, see, see, Werewolf was such a pain trying to find that because it's like such a generic title and there's so many movies called Werewolf that I had to like really try hard to like find what year it was and confirm it was the right movie and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. It was a pain. Not that anyone cares about that. I mean, <laughs> well. Maybe it's time to wrap up then. You think it's time to wrap up? You think it's time to rate God Told Me To? I mean... I don't know. I mean... <laughs> what are you going to rate it? How how do you rate this? I feel like the rating of this should be like... I don't know... Like... A, a beam of light out of ten. <laughs> you think we can't we can't use numbers? Nah, we can use numbers. I'm just cracking some jokes. What, what, what are you giving it? What, I mean, how do you feel? How do you feel now, ultimately, about God Told Me To? I mean, okay. It's it's very much a movie. Of it. It's very much a movie. <laughs> you were about to say it's very much a movie of its time, and then you thought about it and yeah. went, nah, not really. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I mean, it has that like seventies um, grime to it that yeah. I always enjoy. Um, I yeah, um, from the beginning scene, you think you're getting one movie, and it just goes every which direction. Every twenty minutes, you get a new twist. You're like, well, guess it guess it wasn't that movie at all. <laughs> um, but I sort of really love the ride. So I think maybe can I call it great? I think you it's can. It's definitely worth watching. You got to see it. it. It's so bizarre and it's uh it's it's very <laughs> it, I think it's a must watch as far as science fiction movies goes. The, there's enough sci-fi in here but it's more of like a religious film. <laughs> um I, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Oh my! I think it's a good movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a great movie. In fact, in fact, I uh, I know what I rated the last time I saw it, and I'm going to concur with that rating. I'm going to give it a solid eight out of ten. Wow! <laughs> you do love this movie. I do. It's great. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty close to what I'm rating it too. Like, I I'm gonna give it yeah seven point five. I think it's a uh, I think it's definitely worth watching, worth your time. And I think even the silly parts where like people are dying and it doesn't, but they're dying in like weird ways that's not natural. I think that's adds to the charm of it. <laughs> See, like I've seen it three times now, and like it holds up. Like this, this experience, this third time was no less than previous yeah. times. I think it's definitely enjoyable. Uh. I think it's good. Uh, and I think if there's any reason why we should do like, Cure the Winged Serpent at some point, it's because, hey, let's just do another Larry, Larry Cohen movie, because, like, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of him. Like, is, is Winged Serpent, like, his most well-known film? It was the one that I knew before I learned about this one, but he, he did a lot of, you know, B-movie directed video stuff in the 80s and stuff. Uh. Um, so he's kind of a cult director as opposed to someone that everyone knows. But we're moving there, so I like that he I like that he ends with a Larry Cohen film. Right, he's proud of it. He's proud of his work. Not only did he go batshit and cra- crazy with this movie, he was confident. He Wait. was audacious. He did phone booth. I've seen that movie. He did Oh, he's an actor. He was an actor too. Yeah, he he didn't direct Phone Booth. That was Joel Schumacher. <laughs> he was a writer on phone phone booth though. He wrote it. Uh, Full Moon High. He was an actor in Spies Like Us, which is a fantastic comedy. Uh, director, don't really know these movies. <laughs> um, I've heard of It's Alive. I've never seen it, though. Oh, this stuff. Didn't you guys watch that? Oh, that's what we did, actually, when he passed away. That's right. Uh, that's why we talked about him. That's why. There you go. Okay. Interesting. He did a couple of black exploitation films in the early seventies. Yeah, 70s. I've seen that right now. Actually, yeah, that maybe explains just how Black Caesar, Hell Up in Harlem. Yeah, The Godfather right. of Harlem. Yeah, done a few of those. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, special effects. Maniac Cop. 
That sounds fun. What, mini? He did Miniac Cop? Says he's a writer. Oh, okay. I like Miniac Cop. Be... Oh, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen, I've got him blurry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, he's a writer. I also own Miniac Cop 2 and 3. Damn. I know. Something about them releasing those cult movies in Blu-ray for a time, I was just hoovering them up. Yeah, it was like, yeah, give me them all. Give me all these weird, wacky movies. They're so fun to discover because they've got such a different style and tone to, you know, today's movies that it's just fun to well, find them. They tend to be movies that people were passionate about making. Yes. Making a movie for themselves, you know, the movie they wanted to see. So good or bad, it had a charm because of that. Right, you don't really get a lot of those. You don't get the passion project films. Yeah, not as much anyway. That aren't like, you have to please the producers too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, technically everything Christopher Nolan does is a passion project, but he's earned the cred to just make his $200 million passion projects. <laughs> yeah, there are exceptions to that, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that has been God Told Me To. And this is us wrapping up our our episode. This has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. You can let us know what you think of God Told Me To in the comments below if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favour. Go watch God Told Me To. Watch it, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can like and subscribe. You can uh, ding the bell on YouTube for notifications. You can get us on the Twitters at the Ace Podcast. You can email us mftvquestions at gmail.com that's mftvquestions at gmail.com send us questions and occasionally we may answer some uh, or if you just have a question that's not for the show but just want to ask us something you can do that too um, send us a thank you letter tell us how great we are I mean that's always nice uh, <laughs> have people done that before? Um, we get I mean not an email but we, comments right? we get tweets and get comments yeah hams hams that's nice uh, so you could do that we mentioned Patreon earlier that's a good way to support the show of course financially uh, $1 or up or $5 or up whatever tier you fancy um, you get bonuses and you can also support us by um, sharing us out sharing us out on social media and whatever else and telling your friends to hey I listened to this mediocre sci-fi podcast you should listen to it uh, and spread us spread us around mm-hmm. like a space vagina with chlamydia <laughs> what a note to end on Uh, so that has been God told me to so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching science fiction and computer add salsa yum yum